This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Tom Cruise COVID-19 tirade. We are not shutting this movie down! Tearing into the Mission Impossible film crew for breaking COVID-19 protocol. I don't ever want to see it again, ever! Then... Calling all nurses. The urgent global plea for thousands of healthcare workers from as far away as Australia to come to the USA. And ICU breaking point. There are only 100 ICU beds left for 10 million people. And Melania mask controversy. Oh, they're going to have so much fun skating. Blasted for taking off her mask inside the children's hospital. Plus... California fleeing. The exodus of families saying goodbye to the Golden State. Can you say bye-bye, Los Angeles? Then, is this billionaire fashion icon the new Jeffrey Epstein? Allegations that Nygaard was using this exotic paradise as a sex trafficking ring. It is the most shocking things I've ever heard. And... Have you been drinking too much these days? It was a way to kind of cope with the pandemic. COVID-19 and drinking. The new concern. Plus... The youngest guy ever to win The Voice. Carter Rubin, you did it! Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello and thanks for joining us. I'm Mary Calvi in today for Deborah. It's the Tom Cruise rant being heard around the world. The Mission Impossible star let loose on the set when he says he saw COVID-19 protocols being broken. Stephen Fabian has details. We are not shutting this movie down! An extraordinary COVID-19 rant by Tom Cruise on the set of his new Mission Impossible movie. He erupted in fury after two crew members broke protocol by not staying six feet apart. I don't ever want to see it again, ever. If I see you do it again, you're gone. The movie has been dogged by delays and shutdowns due to the pandemic. Cruz even shelled out $700,000 for a ship to safely house the entire Mission Impossible team during shooting in Norway. That's what I sleep with every night. In the future of the industry, no apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. We are creating thousands of jobs, you Fandango's Nikki Novak says Cruz seemed to be channeling his obnoxious movie mogul character in Tropic Thunder. I will rain down on a godly firestorm upon you. Even though he's at the helm and yes, he's a movie star and he makes all this money, he's really, he feels a responsibility, not only to the future of the business, but to all the families that put food on the table by working behind the scenes on films. The movie industry has been devastated by the pandemic, so there's a lot riding on completing a big budget blockbuster like Mission Impossible 7. That's why Tom's tough talk is winning support in Hollywood 
even though to our ears it may seem unduly harsh. Tom Cruise has no patience for any violation of safety protocols. He's trying to keep the industry going, right. keep people Follow in their the jobs. We spoke to Hollywood PR guru Howard Bragman, who specializes in crisis management. Good for Tom. You know, they have a word for what Tom did, and that's called leadership. He's going to take heat for what he did, but he did the right thing. But the Daily Beast website has another point of view. Stop praising Tom Cruise for berating his crew. We are not shutting this movie down! Later, we'll have some tips on how to avoid lashing out like Tom Cruise straight from Mr. Manners. As the death toll continues to rise, there is another crisis linked to the pandemic. At least half of all states are dealing with healthcare worker shortages, with some nurses going from caring for two critically ill COVID patients to eight. In California, the governor is making a special plea. Here's Jim Murray. Calling all nurses. That's the desperate plea today from California's governor as the COVID crisis spirals out of control. We are actually looking overseas, interestingly, uh, to potentially recruit some staffing. The shortage of healthcare workers is so severe, they're asking Australia to send help. Hospitals in Los Angeles are struggling to keep up with the number of COVID patients flooding emergency rooms. The ICU capacity in Southern California is down to less than 2%. That means in L.A. County, they have fewer than 100 beds for a population of 10 million. Some ERs are so overwhelmed, patients are waiting outside in ambulances for up to six hours. With hospital morgues at capacity, 60 refrigerated trucks have been brought in to store bodies. The vaccine rollout across the nation seems to be running smoothly, but there was a bit of a setback today when a healthcare worker in Alaska with no history of drug allergies suffered a serious anaphylactic-like allergic reaction moments after getting the Pfizer vaccine. She was feeling short of breath. She was not wheezy. Her heart rate was elevated, um, and she had a uh, red flushed rash um, over her face and torso. She was hospitalized and is now doing well. And there's concern that the major snowstorm targeting the Northeast will disrupt vaccine delivery. Wind gusts to 50 miles an hour. That means blizzard-like conditions near zero visibility. And it is a lot of snow. UPS says they have a team of meteorologists monitoring the weather. FedEx and the U.S. Postal Service say they have made contingency plans too. In New York, some hard-hit restaurant owners are dismantling their outdoor structures before the storm hits. It's a devastating blow for these small businesses. Indoor dining is already banned, so sidewalk tables and takeout meals were their only source of revenue. Anger over COVID restrictions boiled over in Florida, where anti-mask protesters blocked a news crew from TV station WPEC as they were leaving a briefing by the governor. In the legendary Old West city of Dodge, the mayor resigned after she says she was threatened for supporting a mask mandate. The ones that scared me the most were, you know, we're coming for you. Uh, the word murder was used in one. You'll burn in hell. And actor Kirk Cameron is taking more heat today for that mask-free Christmas carol sing-along he organized. And it's coming from his own Growing Pains castmate, Tracy Gold. As your more intelligent sister, Gold tweeted, I want you to know that I disapprove. I'm worried about you, brother, and your family. Wear a mask. Stay home. Sing later. 
Turning now to Washington, where the White House is defending the First Lady today after she appeared at a children's hospital and took her mask off while reading to patients. But her spokesperson says Melania Trump did nothing wrong. The First Lady is getting slammed for taking off her mask while reading to children during her annual Christmas visit to the Children's National Hospital. Oh, they're going to have so much fun skating, said Oliver. She did wear a mask when she arrived, but removed it when she sat down. The hospital's policy is that everyone must wear a mask at all times. There were just two children in the room, and Melania was seated more than 12 feet away, well outside social distancing guidelines. But now the White House is firing back, citing D.C. guidelines. Wearing a mask is not required when a person is giving a speech, provided no one is within six feet of the speaker. She's just there to read to sick kids. Can't we just concentrate on that and put the vitriol aside for three minutes? minutes instead of attacking again and again. As the Trumps begin planning a move to Florida, not everyone is rolling out the welcome wagon. Their neighbor, Nancy DeMoss, sent a letter to the city of Palm Beach claiming that the president is not allowed to live at Mar-a-Lago full time because he signed an agreement to that effect in the 90s. And if the Trumps do permanently move to Florida next month, they won't be alone. We've told you about the mass exodus happening here in the Big Apple. Well, now many are fleeing California, too. After forest fires, civil unrest, and the pandemic, many are saying it's time to go. California dreaming no more. You say bye-bye, Los Angeles. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Fitzpatrick family is packing up their Los Angeles home and moving to Arizona. For the same, you know, income, same, you know, hustle, yes. level of hustle, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, in Scottsdale, we can have a bigger place and more kind of opportunity for our daughter, which is yeah. the name of the game. And they're not alone in fleeing California. The state has lost an estimated 653,000 residents last year alone, with many Californians heading to Texas. Arizona, Washington, Nevada, and Oregon. Celebrities are moving too. Most recently, the world's second richest man, tycoon Elon Musk, has given up the Golden State for Austin, Texas. Another tech billionaire, Larry Ellison, is moving to Hawaii. Kiss frontman Gene Simmons has traded his ritzy Beverly Hills mansion for an estate in Washington. And former Dancing with the Stars contestant James Vanderbeek relocated his family to Texas. Fueling the mass exodus, unrelenting wildfires, months of civil unrest, the cost of living in California, and of course, the pandemic. With so many working remotely, some say it's the perfect time to get out. A lot of families are having these discussions that they've never had before of, hey, maybe we want a better quality of life. Maybe we can buy this house in another state for half the price and our finances might not be as stressful as they currently are. As for the Fitzpatricks, they're excited for their new family adventure and fresh start. We wish them the best in their new home. And if you've been drinking more alcohol during the pandemic, you're not alone. Studies show American adults have been drinking in greater excess to deal with the stress of COVID-19. And the group drinking the most? Women. Amber Cogliano has more. Just about every night since the pandemic began, Sharita Rankins has enjoyed a glass of wine, or two, or maybe even three. 
it was a way to kind of cope with the pandemic. And it's like, as long as you just keep pouring a little more, everything's gonna be okay. Since I'm stuck at home, I'm gonna try something new. It is wine o'clock. I'm gonna feature the wines I'm drinking every day. The 37-year-old New Yorker even started posting about it in an Instagram series she calls Wine O'Clock. Wine O'Clock, and that means it's rose hour, woo! Sharita Rankins is not alone. As the pandemic rages on, Americans, especially women, are consuming more and more alcohol. One recent study found that binge drinking among women, meaning four drinks in two hours, has gone way up. Up by 41%. Sharita now consumes three to five bottles of wine a week. This receipt shows one recent purchase, the delivery of 17 bottles from her local liquor store. Normally you have an early morning meeting and you're like, gotta get to bed early so I can be fresh in the morning. I have no place to be in the morning, so it's just like, ah, another glass or two, that, that'll work. Addiction specialist Lynn Sternlicht says the pandemic has created a perfect storm for women. Women are more likely to, you know, juggle household duties, more likely to juggle homeschooling and remote learning while they're maintaining their jobs. So it's a lot of added stress and obligation, which leads to increase in drinking. She has this advice to cut back. Find other ways to induce pleasure, feelings of satisfaction, like are you meditating, are you journaling, are you taking baths, you know, to really engage in self-care. Sharita is listening. I don't want to make this a, a pattern for the rest of life because at some point things are going to open back up and I will have to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning every day. <laughs> But college students are drinking less. One study found students that moved home because of the pandemic have gone from drinking five drinks a week to two. He's an internationally known fashion designer just arrested on sex trafficking charges. The indictment claims for five years Peter Nygaard used drugs to coerce women, many underage, into having sex. And like Jeffrey Epstein, he also had a private island. Not long ago, Lisa Guerrero traveled to the Caribbean compound where a number of women claim they were victims. Peter Nygaard is one of the biggest names in fashion. The billionaire rides in a private jet with his name emblazoned on the fuselage. His flagship store is in Times Square. And he always seems to be surrounded by beautiful young women. Perhaps that explains why the 78-year-old billionaire uses anti-aging treatments to stay incredibly fit for a man his age. Nygaard owns this huge estate in the Bahamas, where he's entertained Britain's Prince Andrew. Yes, that's the same British royal linked to the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. This is the private estate in the Bahamas known as Nygaard Key. Yes, it's named after the fashion tycoon, and why not? He owned it. It has a beachfront mansion with an aquarium, a helipad, and a casino. But now there are allegations that Nygaard was using this exotic paradise as a sex trafficking ring. It is the most shocking things I've ever heard. Attorneys Greg Gutzler and Lisa Haba filed a lawsuit against Nygaard on behalf of 10 women identified only as Jane Doe's. He would target the women that he felt was the most, were the most attractive to him, that met the body type he was looking for, and he used whatever, for, whatever was needed to make sure that those women ended up in his bed and he was able to hurt them. Victoria Sarney says she was Nygaard's personal assistant for a time in the early 90s. The girls would come down in the morning looking absolutely dreadful, 
and saying, you know, can you get us out of here? Can you get us out of here? Really? And we'd say, no, we can't because we didn't bring you in. So you've got to go ask him for your plane ride back. I'm now on the beach in front of Nygaard's private estate here in the Bahamas. And as you can see, as we're watching them, the caretakers are watching us. How long have you worked here? For a while. A while? Are you aware of the allegations that had taken place here with the parties? No, ma'am. A lawyer for Nygaard told us no comment, but his spokesperson has previously denied all allegations of wrongdoing, calling the claims completely false and without foundation. Next, after Tom Cruise's epic temper tantrum. I don't ever want to see it again, ever! What he should have done, straight from Mr. Manners. I think he went over the line. Plus, the youngest guy ever to win The Voice. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Earlier, we told you about Tom Cruise giving a serious tongue lashing to colleagues on the set of the new Mission Impossible movie. We all know there's a lot of tension out there, so how can you avoid losing your cool? We went to Mr. Manners for advice. We are not shutting this movie down! Don't follow Tom Cruise's temper tantrum, even if you see someone violating COVID-19 protocol. That's advice straight from Mr. Manners himself. What I think Tom Cruise did was aggressive rather than assertive. Etiquette expert Thomas Farley, a.k.a. Mr. Manners, says swearing isn't the way to go, especially if your name is Tom Cruise, whose every step is open to public scrutiny. I think he went over the line. The far better tactic would have been to draw people aside and have a private word rather than making a big eruption in front of the whole crew. You threaten me! We've all seen those angry confrontations over masks. I have a breathing problem. My doctor would not let me wear masks. I choose to yell, and you cannot stop me! I get the instinct we're all stressed out to lash out, and yet that's not the best way to go. I think if this is somebody who you are passing, there's no need to engage with them. Just let them be. And while Tom Cruise may have been legitimately livid that protocol wasn't being followed on the set of the new Mission Impossible, Mr. Manners has this advice. Think twice before you go nuts. If it's mask wearing that you're concerned with, carry some extras. So those people who don't have a mask, you can offer them a mask as a courteous gesture rather than belittling them in front of their friends, family, and colleagues. Above all, don't pull a Tom Cruise. I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And I see you do it again, you're gone. Good advice. And when we come back, the team making history by winning The Voice. The Voice just crowned a new winner, and he's making history. Meet the new winner of The Voice. Carter Rubin, you did it! At just 15, Carter Rubin is the youngest male ever to take the top prize. Your eyes. The singing prodigy from Long Island wowed the judges with his original song, Up From Here. Up from here. No one was happier than his coach, Gwen Stefani, who kept her love at a distance due to COVID rules. Her first win as a coach, beating. Congratulations, Carter. Carter be on a fly on the wall at the after So talented. When we come back, a doggy freakout. Finally, dog versus mail carrier. Incoming. This dog named Lou goes bonkers every time a piece of mail flies through the slot. <laughs> Who needs a chew toy? Not this gal when the mailman's right behind the door. 
Yikes. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.